everyone. Episode 20 of Beers, Business, and Balls. It is Monday, August 31st of 2020. As always, your favorite podcast is presented by Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And in part by Dugout Creative, newest entry into concept merch market for the best new baseball jerseys, shirts, and hats on the market. Go to dugoutcreative.com and use BBB pod, it's triple B pod for 15% off your purchase. Just more heat coming from them as usual this week. Jake Zimmer, Will Tondo, episode 20. Our guest today, Jack Jokinen, otherwise known as JJ, one of the original Yankees Twitter goats for sure. Uh, started off at Barstool Sports, and now he's over um, doing some really good work with Georgia's Box. Uh, great podcast over in Yankees. The Yankees Twitter sphere and you know all that good stuff. But JJ talks with us about the MLB trade deadline, which is today, Monday, August 31st. It's gonna be some interesting stuff. And Will, I'm tired, man. <laughs> I am. It's been a long week. And what better to cap it off than hopefully some some late magic later today? Yes, I mean, luckily the Yankees pulled away with going from losing seven in a row to winning three in a row, um, you know, with the heroics from Debbie Garcia. I mean, have yourself a game for your first one. Six inning pitched, no earned runs. I think it was like four hits, six strikeouts. Yeah, his first, uh, first nine guys went down too, which is great. So yeah. that's the way you want to do it, young stud. Gary Sanchez had a pinch hit grand slam. <sighs> Who would have um, thought? Luke Voigt and Clint Frazier have just been the – life of Yankees offense and it's yeah it's nuts we are I mean by the time this podcast airs you know it'll only be half a day till the deadline passes through 4 p.m. so 4 p.m. I mean new news today I mean before we recorded with JJ earlier in the week um it was mainly Clevenger and pitching and stuff but now the Yankees are talking about Starling Marte for the Diamondbacks yeah. packaging him with maybe Robbie Ray or Archie Bradley so that could be interesting. Yeah, and then, I mean, right. of course, I mean, we'll get into balls in a minute, but the Red Sox just traded Mitch Moreland. The Padres have been making a lot of moves. Um, Brock Holt just went to D.C. So things are yeah. happening. I thought it was going to be more of a quiet trade deadline, but teams are ready to compete, especially with the expanded playoff format. I thought it'd be pretty dead, too. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's relatively speaking, it is kind of dead. I doubt you're going to see a big blockbuster deal. There's still a shot that it could happen. Um, but you see guys like Archie Bradley getting thrown around there. And now Starling Marte is a name that kind of got thrown out of nowhere too. Um, so going to be weird. I don't think you're going to see, you know, like a, I, like a Mike Clevenger go tomorrow unless it's, I think he moves. I don't know. I don't know. Or today I should say not tomorrow. Um, what, he would be, I think, scraping the top of where uh, we get talent-wise with this trade deadline in the MLB. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be a star that goes. Um, that, that's ultimately my point, I think. But I don't know. Only time's going to be able to tell. Um, so without further ado, let's get right into it. We'll go beers and then business, and then our ball segment will be with JJ. <clears throat> So we we drank a lot of beer this weekend for sure. I'm gassed out, but <laughs> we're still here. We're still cheersing, man. 
So what are we drinking to? Yes, well, I'd say we cheers with more grapes this weekend than hops, but we did. We did. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just shot. Uh what am I drinking? I'm drinking a beer from none other than Greenport Brewery, of course. Um, I have with us today Tangy. And Tangy is a tangerine pilsner, or sorry, tangerine lager um, made out in Greenport. It is brewed with Chinook hops as well as adding different tangerine for crispy, zesty flavors. Uh, wasn't overly, overly overpowering with fruit. I was hoping it was going to be a little bit fruitier, but it was still a very nice beer. 3.5, plain and simple. There you go. I, I love the. Anytime, and Chinook is a very bitter hop as we know, but anytime you get some kind of element of fruit, I'm with it. You throw it with an IPA, fine, done. Or any kind of ale, honestly. So that's great. Greenport Harbor, as always, they, they, great beer. Um, they were packed this week too. Nuts. They had a lobster roll and like chips and a pickle special. And I think they were literally, were driving by it in New York and it's lines wrapped around the building. That's the first time I've ever seen Greenport Harbor Brewing Company like that. Nuts. Slammed. It's crazy. Um, I, this week, will go with a treehouse selection. It was in my fridge. I've been waiting to kind of clear some of the treehouse out, and I chose Eureka this week. It was a, for those of you that don't know, that follow treehouse, Eureka is a very light, light blonde ale. Uh, entirely brewed with Nelson Sauvin hops. They call it a New Zealand varietal. Treehouse is known for those hazy IPAs. This wasn't one of them. It's very much like a session. I, I was looking at the people that have rated it on tap before. They thought very much like me. It was very light to the taste. It wasn't anything to, to rush and write home about, but it's still Treehouse. I mean, it tasted great, better than most other beers that I've had. I was a little let down that it was Treehouse and they didn't deliver necessarily um got a four for me it did and it was a little old on the older side we've been letting the treehouse sit in the fridge you're supposed to drink them fresh so i i get it didn't do it the right way this is the second time i've had eureka now though and it's been pretty consistent so i'm okay with it i'm accepting that treehouse is gonna make total heat every single time yeah i mean it's still a great beer it's just not one of their their tops yeah Correct. So that's beers. Uh, let's go right into business, folks. And we're going to keep this real quick, too, because we have a good conversation with JJ, um, talk about the trade deadline, all that good stuff, and, and the future of the Yankees, too. Business this week, we talked last week about the Dow and all the changes they made, and we drank to the S&P 500 last week, folks. I mean, that's we they were doing well. And the tech stocks this week – particularly in the S&P, they soared. They, they had another phenomenal week. You had Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. We know that they've done really well over the past couple of months because they are e-commerce titans. They lead the way in big tech. But what I did not know and that I saw this week for news is that one quarter – Almost 25% of all the stocks in the S&P 500 are those. It is Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. And that's huge. And because of it, S&P had another great week. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll continue with this growth too. And of course, I mean, 
not only in tech, but just like when you're thinking of companies as a whole, I mean, these five are everything. They are literally everything you do in your life involves one of those five things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's just battling. It's, it's becoming a monopoly. I mean, you're getting into these huge giants that are just going to run and operate the world. I mean, Amazon literally, Amazon is going to be your, your source of news, the planes you fly on, all of your, they're probably going to take over the post office. You know? <laughs> oh my God, imagine. They probably have more money than the, the uh, U.S. Postal Service. And right now they probably do. <laughs> so, it's, a, it's a good thing, but it's a scary thing. It is scary. And Apple, right? We're using Apple products right now between the computers and phones. Amazon. Uh, they're probably touching this in some way. I don't know. <laughs> but you again, I click of a button, I've got something in my door the next day. Like it, Facebook. If you're like, I don't use Facebook. I just have Instagram. Well, guess who, guess who owns them? Mm-hmm. That makes up that revenue too. Google, you... That speaks for itself in Microsoft. Um, if you don't have an Apple computer, you have a Microsoft computer at the bottom line, or you're using some, they're not Microsoft computer, but you've got their operating system. They know everything about you. And they're buying TikTok. They're going to buy TikTok. Those, I mean, those alone will carry the S&P for, for years. I mm-hmm. think that that alone, if there was no other stocks in the S&P, they'd be totally fine. And that's big tech. That's big tech this week. Again, uh, some earnings calls, all that good stuff. And on the topic of earnings calls, let's point out the stock of the week on what could be a sleeper, uh, not really sleeper because it's been in the limelight for obviously the, the past period of coronavirus. Zoom, Zoom video communications, they trade on NASDAQ at ZM. They have their earnings call middle of this week. We've talked about Zoom before. They were up 300% since March with all of this virtualization going on. Everybody's having Zoom meetings. They're going to say that they killed it, and they're going to probably say that they had ran into a couple of roadblocks too, but they are going to reaffirm that they are at least attempting to lead the market in this way. So it's worth it. If you want to make a little bit of money. I, I can't, you know, say that it's going to go up 20, 30%, but I, I mean, this easily, I think calls for a nice quick 10 to 15% return. On January 31st, Zoom was at $76 and 30 cents a share. Mm-hmm. As the coronavirus scare started taking place and quarantine, it is now at $300 even. You'd have been a very, very rich man. <laughs> that, dude. Yeah. And now we're yeah, talking about big would. tech. I feel like one of those companies would probably buy Zoom in the future. They might. I think the cybersecurity concerns are pretty big, but what's to swap or what's to stop someone from coming in and saying, you know, screw it, we'll, we'll buy out. We've got the right infrastructure in place. Nothing. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see the, um, what takes place after the earnings. Um, it definitely won't be a big, um, you know, a big 30, 40, 50% jump, but right. you'll definitely make a decent amount of money if you're willing to sh- shed the $300 per share. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's relatively speaking with these strong, 
um, earnings calls, I guess, or earnings calls from companies that have performed really strong in a quick amount of time. I mean, the, you see the stock go up. It's not really that hard. You've got years of data to back that up. So again, do not take this as, oh, it's guaranteed money because disclaimer, but um, yeah, if you wanted to pay us to do your finances, that's a different story, but we ain't, we ain't making money off this shit. So. No. Um, but another stock I, I mean, to look at too, um, that I would also consider a, a potential stock of the week, but I like the zoom one better than this one. Um, Abbott, Abbott laboratories, they're trading. Oh, yeah. at yep. Um, they're at $110 a share, but they are the company that just created this rapid testing that the government, I believe bought like pretty much bought all of the tests. And companies are racing to uh, shore up these tested these tests ahead of the upcoming flu season. So um, they've had they've been steady. Um, I mean, a huge jump once obviously this news took place uh, that they were creating all of these te- these uh, rapid tests and that it actually went through. But they'll be an interesting one to see that you know as companies are seeking to return. Uh, you know, back to some type of normalcy and schools are returning, you know, they're going to need to be able to test people on a quicker basis. So I, I like that one as well to keep them. I, yeah, I, I like it. I have a little bit of beef with their product though. I think number one, I understand why it is not direct to consumer, but that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, it is like if you or I wanted to go and get that product, we can't go buy it over the counter. It can't get prescribed to us. You got to go to the doctor or through a company. Um, and it costs these people only five bucks, right? They, they're making it very clear that it's going to cost whoever gets their hands on it $5. Um, that's not to say the doctors aren't going to do it and mark it up to 10 bucks, right? And because they're, they're making a profit off that point. So I think that's the biggest gripe for me about this. Um, and the second is, I don't know what their distribution plan is. I don't know what their strategy is to get this out. Obviously, you have to go to the medical professionals first, like I just said, but are they actually going to go to companies? Are they going to go to, um, you know, try to at some point sell it over the counter at CVS or Walgreens or one of the big pharmacies? Are they going to team up with freaking Amazon, PillPack, all this shit, right? None of this is out of the question. I think there are areas that would potentially drive the stock down now. I mean, they could make it big. They could, if they make what the consumers perceive to be the right decisions right now, they're going to do a really good job, but I think that they can do more harm than good at this point. No, definitely agreeing. And with the stock, I mean, I think it'll spike up with, you know, their supply and demand just being through the roof that everyone's trying to get their hands on it. It's definitely one of those stocks that I probably wouldn't hold on to long-term. Um, but make your profits while you can. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, business stuff, you know, we're, we're going to recap Zoom next week, see how much Zoom progressed. And and uh, obviously we've got a rise in the S&P too. So uh, with that said, I think that covers pretty much all of business this week. I mean, there was nothing big. There, there really wasn't anything big besides, um, you know, more positive growth from tech and then, some remaining earnings calls at the end of this week. So this will be, th- this should be a pretty big week for business because we're going to see a lot of different stocks thrown out a week too, or thrown out of whack from whatever these earnings calls do. Um, so 
that's it for business. Let's go over to balls. As we mentioned, we've got Jack Jokin and JJ from the Bronx Barstool, like, you know, what, top 20 or uh, not top 20, I should say, but one of the original guys over there. He was covering the Yankees and then jumped ship over to his project now, which is George's Box. Uh, you can find them anywhere where podcasts are heard. JJ is a Yankees expert. He is hated by Yankees Twitter, which makes me very happy because that makes more than one of us. So without further ado, here is Jack Jokin. All right, everybody. With us on episode 20 is an OG Yankees Twitter man, someone we've been following for years. Uh, JJ from the Bronx, currently in New York or New Jersey? Philly. I live in Philly. Philly. So you're down in Philly, but JJ, how are you doing? Good. Good. I mean, just, you know, quarantine and watching the world burn from my computer. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And not only is the world burning, but so are the Yankees. I mean, they are they're, – they're, they're just playing like shit right now. And it's, it's uh, one of the reasons why we had you on because you made a uh, comment on Twitter defending your take. And we'd love to hear that take and uh, have you explain it. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees should trade Aaron Judge. I mean, it's – I think anyone who doesn't, at least see, I can see people being like, oh, I really like him, so I want to keep him. But anyone who thinks what I'm saying doesn't make sense is a fucking moron. Because, <laughs> so on my podcast, George's Box comes out on Wednesdays. You can find it, I don't know, wherever podcasts are. Um, I said last week when Judge was already out of the lineup and, you know, he's on the IL and he's saying – but I'm a hundred percent like I should be in there. That's when the shine of like nice guy, Aaron judge team guy, how come he's not the captain yet went out the window. You can't at this point when you're still in your arbitration years, start questioning why the team put you on the IL when you're six foot a thousand and injured all the fucking time. So I said, you know, I think with it being a weird season, and I think it'll be a weird trade deadline. And there's weird things happening at the time, like Mike Clevenger being sent to the minors as a penalty for going out in Chicago <laughs> one night. Um, that they might be looking to move him. We've talked about Francisco Lindor for a long time. Aaron Judge, when healthy, is a very good baseball player. The problem is Aaron Judge is not healthy more than 26% of the time that Yankees are playing baseball games, only to go down coming up. So when he becomes a free agent in his 30s and wants a $300 million deal because he can dunk a basketball, <laughs> some team's not going to say, hey, wrong sport, buddy. They're going to give him a bad contract. And the Yankees have had contracts that haven't worked out in the long run. You know, A-Rod at the end, Stanton the – 45 minutes in and you know, the, the bad contracts going on and on. I just don't want us to see us be in another bad contract because a guy was tall and a couple of union workers put up a judge's box sign a couple of years ago. Yeah. And that's another big one too. It's I, I'm, I've had this conversation with so many people. I'm sure, you know, Tondo has, and JJ, I'm more than sure you have too. The judges' chambers, right? The 99 shirts, the whole fact that someone's doing something different, the whole aura behind, oh, What's he he's doing different? Ex- right, exactly. I'm going to get there. Don't yeah, worry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the whole, you know, thought that, remember when he first came up, they're like, oh, in a way, he's similar to Derek Jeter, blah, 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 all this stuff. Is it worth however much money the Yankees are drawing in with him is the question. I, I've come to believe it might be no, unfortunately. Well, so I think people don't understand how baseball works either. Like all the jersey sales and T-shirts, and all that, that money gets pooled in the league. Like the Yankees don't get it's not like they're making a killing off Judge. Judge jerseys are the number one selling. He doesn't get extra money. The team doesn't necessarily get extra money. Like the league gets extra money. It's a merchandising deal. So I don't think people are going to the games to see him because people have been going to the games for forever. They're the Yankees. Unless we're going to trade the pinstripes, no one is untouchable. Um, and, you know, the judge's chamber is like, yeah, that's cute. You can't buy those tickets. You have to get like randomly picked to sit in them. And you can take that. That's a 20 minute job with a hammer to get that moved out of there. If he played left field, they'd be there at the same time that they were like doing all this stuff in the judges chambers. We were in a lull, like as a, as a franchise where we were just giving everyone a monument in monument park the first Sunday of every NFL season we were like, oh, well, Mariano Rivera is going to retire. Oh, Derek Jeter. It was – we kept rolling out these teams. Like, the, oh, Bernie, Posada, whoever else. Like, give him a plaque. Screw Just it. Just to not watch, you know, so that they wouldn't watch college football or NFL football instead of coming to the game. So it was this whole nostalgia thing. And the team, very smart, jumped on the fact that we got one of the guys from Space Jam to play right field. And, yeah, yeah, he's tall as shit. Great. He can hit the ball far. He should be able to because he's tall as shit and weighs 280 pounds. But the strikeouts were an issue at the beginning, and then, it, you know, the injuries just keep piling up. And the only argument that people have given back to me is – but when he's, he's, when he's not injured, he's an MVP. I guess maybe I missed the season he won an MVP. Everyone keeps telling me he's a gold glove right fielder. Hasn't won one of those either. So, I mean, it's the hall of very good right now. And when you miss in your 20s, your prime years, 26% of the games that you're supposed to play in, that's an issue. It's only going to get worse. You can't say, people go, he's not injury prone because those injuries, you know, weren't his fault. You know, it's not his fault he got hit on the wrist. I'll give, you the, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But, like, he's had knee injuries, the oblique. He's had – he had the rib where he was 100% all offseason. Like, you can't trust this guy at all. So, before we give him a bad contract, let's get anything back. And since I said this, the Yankees Twitter has come at me again and again and again. And then he played five innings, is probably going back on the I.L., and, you know, it sucks to be right sometimes. <laughs> I know. I mean, I agree with you because obviously, like, when Judge is hot, it's awesome for Yankees as a whole. And he is a larger-than-life player, and we've already talked about that marketability. But my argument, and it has been for over the past year, it's, okay, if you can only pick one for your future of the franchise, is it him or is it, is it Glaber? I've always said Glaber. I was like, Judge has the age. I was like, he's – always injured i'm like although we've only seen a smaller sample size for glaber he's got the youth he plays a difficult position in the infield which he needs to get better at but we have more time with him 
when the year when they come up for uh, contracts than Judge because Judge is going to be like you said turning thirty, and we cannot offer Aaron Judge a ten a ten year whatever hundreds of million dollar deal. It just it is just you, you cannot even a five year deal like to watch him go from thirty to thirty five is going to be terrible. That's going to be painful, man. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a constant because at his size, like nobody that as a position player at his size has stayed healthy for a long time besides the person I compare him to the most, Richie Sexton. Mm-hmm. He's just Richie Sexton with a really good 2017. Their numbers are very similar, except Sexton showed up to work more often. And they were both New York Yankees. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Richie Sexton, New York Yankee, put him in the hall with the Yankee cap. Um, this is crazy that we are even, I feel like 2017 versions of us would have been killing us for this conversation right now. But how do you part ways with someone that you had glorified to be the captain in 2017? Like as Yankee fans, I feel like everyone was so on the judge wave when he came up 2016, he started his career back to back with Minnesota twin. And now, you know, Japanese league player, whatever the fuck he is, Tyler Austin. Right. I was at that game. You that were? was, oh my they God. were, on, they were honoring the 96 team to get people out there. It was like 112 degrees. People were passing out all over the stadium. Well, wasn't that the day after a rod's last game? I was also there. I was, I, I was probably, I, were you sitting in section 203 or no? No, I was nah, sitting okay. in, so I was, I watched the first like seven innings in a suite next to A-Rod's family. That's so it was incredible. like all these, you know, all these people, it just ended up being like, I got invited to an Andy Pettit, like Q and A. Oh, wow. Before they announced it was going to be A-Rod's last game. <sighs> So I had tickets down in 012 and champions, like fourth row up the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And with that, it was like, hey, you're invited to this thing before the game. So I was at the stadium, you know, at like 5.30 or something. And they had food and beers and stuff. And then they were just like, yeah, no, you could just stay here. And everyone else left. So it was just like my wife and I, and it started raining. So it was like, we'll hang out until – then when he went on took the field, we went down there. And then, yeah, made the quick turnaround the next day to – uh almost died because it was so hot yeah yeah i mean you get caught up we got caught up in it it was a very down time it was a very like a big like changing of the guard a rod's out this guy's right in how can you not get so pumped about two guys like a young bronx bomber i loved that i I broke the news that he got called up yeah someone who worked there had reached out to me and was like aaron judge is here no one's saying it i was like are you sure and he was like He's six seven, I'm sure. Um, and I tweeted it, and, and I wasn't getting credit for it. And actually, Cohen stood up for me and was like, he had wow. it first. Um, Damn. So I get it. You know, it's exciting. And then it's like, ah, oh, he's injured, but he'll be back. And in 2017, we weren't supposed to make it anywhere near as far as we did. We were supposed to maybe make it into the playoffs. And that was still a big maybe. But the rebuild was starting. The rebuild happened fast. And we all got lost in the sauce. And it's just kind of like a changing of the guard of Yankee fans because, like, you guys are 23. I don't know. What were you guys, like, six when they won the World Series in 2009? Uh, uh, what, 12? Double that. 12, 12. Yeah. yeah, 12. So, like, I was 12 when they won in 96. Or, no, I was 11. So, yeah, but it, like, you know, I saw all those championships. And I don't know. I think for, you know, your generation and people who are, you know, in their, you know, mid, sometimes even like late twenties, it's like, well, we won one time and we have all those other championships and this guy's exciting. So like, that's awesome. But 
I don't know, it's just not enough. Like, if you don't win, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about Don Mattingly. I don't give a fuck about the 85 MVP. I didn't win. If you don't win, you didn't really do anything for me. Exactly. And, like, you know, in 2017, like, he could have been the MVP. He had the AL Rookie of the Year. But after that, I mean, it's just been some, you know, cherry-picking all-star selections and then just a ton of injuries. And, you know, the question that leads to me with that is, who would you see as a um, a team that would actually trade for him, and what would be the return? So th- this is what the issue is. is. He also, like, people thought my idea was crazy when I said it a week and a half ago, and now it's even crazier, but, like, the other way, because who the fuck's going to trade for this guy? Mm. Um, I started off with, and I said, you know, obviously, you know, baseball operations people would figure out more than me, but I just said – Clevenger and Lindor for Judge and Duhar. Um, and then we've got to throw in like some other pieces because they need offense badly, but like can't afford to pay Lindor where he is in arbitration now. Like, you know, right now they can't afford to pay him. And Clevenger is going to get there and they're not going to be able to afford him. But Judge is still pretty low paid and Duhar's low paid and I mean, obviously, he, he's lost this season. You know, they, you got to figure something out, you know, with him. And maybe another team can. Maybe regular reps can. Maybe you can get him to be a third baseman. Because for the Indians lineup, their third baseman's also a shortstop. He's played a lot of games as a shortstop. You could slide him over or you figure someone else out. For the Yankees, if we got Lindor, and this is – I don't know why people think this is so absurd, but you just make Labor Torres an outfielder. He's 23 years old. Wow. I haven't heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah. There's not a single person who can play shortstop for the New York Yankees who can't play right field. I mean, he's 23. He's a great athlete, but like his range at shortstop isn't necessarily great. He's having a hard time adjusting to a position. And I think if he stays there, he will get better. I'm not saying like we have to move him out of there. But if you had the option to have him or Francisco Lindor, and Lindor has similar power numbers to judge, uh, Glaber has similar numbers to a regular corner outfield in terms of offense. And you see what happens with DJ. If we re-sign DJ, then he stay, he stays there at second base because he's the best second baseman in baseball. And you move Glaber to the outfield. Otherwise, Glaber slides over, DJ goes somewhere else, and then I hate him forever. <laughs> and I mean, and now, in this case, you've got Clevenger, who so then you're looking at neck for even for next season, you've got Cole Clevenger, Sevy. I think Tanaka on a team-friendly-ish deal because I just don't think he wants to go anywhere else. Um, and then you've got King, Montgomery, Garcia. Like, for me, I'm just tired of hearing about how deep we are. Like, oh, we're so deep. We've got Duhar, We've got Clint. We've got – what are we doing with all these pieces? You know, if you have to include Clint in that trade, Cleveland wants him because they, they drafted him, or you just let him play every day in the outfield. And then you have an outfield of Hicks. Uh, Glaber and um, Clint with Stanton DHing, or if Stanton can figure out his body, whatever the hell's wrong with it, you can move Stanton into right field, his natural position where he was an MVP. But we moved him over for a guy who you know is an MVP in everyone's mind, but never in reality. And that's fired up. No, I we love it. We love it because the depth thing too is something that always frustrates me because it's like we have depth in weird places, you know. First base, we have platoon guys with Voight and uh, Ford. 
And then, I mean, outfield. Well, not this year, but yeah, in years in general, past. No, no, in, sure. in years, this year's a wash year with just like stats because uh, of everything going on. But outfield, I mean, not only we have Clint Frazier, but Mike Talkman too is a player who, if he gets those everyday reps, could actually be serviceable. Yeah, I mean, trade him like whatever we have to throw in to a package to like to make it work and sell the upside of Judge. Like him getting injured again really kills any of his value and you know for right now like i said for this deadline you look at it because people might just make weird moves the problem with judges normally with a guy who you're going to look to trade on expiring because we're like well you wait two years and then you see the yankees are always going to be in contention like we're always going to be in contention for at least the playoffs so it's not like we're the Reds trading Trevor Bauer away. Like we can't just be like, oh, well, we're not going to be able to afford him next year, but we'll be all right. We're in a pennant race, but trust us on this one. People would riot. So I said, you know, you look at it now. If it's not there now, that's fine. But you start in this offseason looking at how do we move this guy before it becomes an issue. And fans will be mad. I saw someone tweet um, – because I get tagged now and everyone's like, can you believe people want to trade – Aaron Judge and someone tagged me. I saw a, a grown man who said, like, what some college, like, alum, a grown man who has graduated from college and is an adult, posted a picture of a framed, like, Judge jersey with, like, two pictures on it, not even autographed. And was just like, I will literally be in tears. If you, I don't know, dude. Like, lay in traffic. <laughs> in traffic. Uh, I just don't think, like, I, I get it. He's an exciting player. He's a very good player when healthy. Problem is that when healthy just isn't enough. Exactly. And it's unfortunate that he's probably heading back to the IL with all of our other, you know, players who are injured. I mean, DJ is supposed to be coming back next weekend. Uh, haven't heard much from Stanton. Uh, Britain sideline till September. Paxton, who knows when. That leads us to the question is, where do you see the Yankees right now in this, you know, shit, shit show of a season? Like, do you see them, like, if they make the right moves, they can actually win, or should they hold Pat? Um, so, the, I, I don't know what's necessarily going to be out there. I think we need to – we don't need to, like, trade a big piece to just get, like, a, a rented arm for this season because I don't know about you guys. To me, I've said it, like, since the beginning, this is not the World Series. This is a championship. I want them to win whatever this championship is. But I don't want for a 60 game, but some teams will play 58 and make, maybe some will play 53, or maybe they won't play again uh, because cops can't stop killing people. Mm, that yeah. will, um, like, don't trade away the farm to win this thing. But if you can build towards the future, because like, our starting rotation is dog shit. Who knows what – I wouldn't be surprised if Paxton doesn't pitch again for the Yankees. I also would be surprised if he came back for, like, two starts just to showcase that he has anything left in the tank going into the free agency. But, like, we have we have nothing. So, you know, we've got Cole. That's it. We've got Cole, mostly Tanaka. And then I want to just open the floodgates, call everyone up from Scranton, let Derry Garcia go out there. Like, hey – if we're going to get three innings from Jay Happ, I'd rather get it from Garcia so we yeah. don't have to worry about Jay Happ, you know, crying in the media about, like, oh, I, I want to start every fifth day. Do you have a six ERA? <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, Jay Happ, like, it was getting frustrating, too, when he was, like, talking about the financials. Is like, oh, you know, because they're not going to want to pay my – like, 
you know, that, that playing bonus and stuff, but it's like, you literally have a six ERA. Yeah. yeah like, nobody wants to pay that because yeah. you stink at baseball. It's yeah. not like they're not paying you because they don't like who you are as a person or whatever. It's because the job you're not good at. It's because you suck. That's why. <laughs> like that is <laughs> let let the record show. It's because you suck that we don't want to. And play with you this, you. like with this weird schedule. So like, I mean, Hap probably loses. He loses a start because of like this weird schedule. And I think he either needs nine or ten to have everything vest and we needed to cut down like another one or two. And he, I think it was, you know, like two days ago said, it's pretty obvious why, you know, I'm not out. I'd like to be out there every fifth day, but you know, with these delays, I'm being skipped and you know, I don't really, I, I think I know why we all know it's a 60 or eight, but it's also like, cause every opportunity we get to, we're going to pitch Cole. If you were better, we would pitch you, but he's Cole, and you stink. <laughs> and Jay Happ is one of those guys that when we traded for him, I believe it was the 2017 season, um, you know, he, was, he, he pitched very well. He did. He, he pitched very well. But then, again, we were stuck with him now heading into 2020, and every year it's just worse and worse. And not to mention, too, on paper, a, another great trade to Toronto, right? You had the Brandon Drury dilemma. Um, I believe that was it. I think it was Drury and McKinney straight up for Hap. And, yeah. you know, you get, rid of, um, you get rid of your third base dilemma. You send off a, a good prospect in return for a, a guy that has done really well against Boston, which was very important at the time. And it was great he on paper. He pitched well. He pitched yeah, well in, in like, in spring training this year. You know, if you remember all the way back in like February, he had, I don't know, like two starts and we were just like, oh, wow, I think he figured it out because it seemed like he did. He did not. It's just fly ball pitcher in New York is not going to work out well most of the time. And when you're also not good at pitching, it just gets exponentially worse. <laughs> Who would have thought someone that's not good at pitching doesn't do well in New York? That's I mean, he couldn't keep a fucking fly ball in Central Park. <laughs> That's a bad look. And it's, <laughs> it's like hot. So I don't know if you guys even, you know, you were kids, um, but like Javier Vasquez. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We traded for him. He stunk. He was gone. Then we traded for him again. And she said, oh, yeah, let's start this guy in game seven. What the, if, if a guy pisses down his leg every time he sees the Empire State Building, the Yankees shouldn't trade for him. And it's so, like, and that's a, that makes a good point because there's a lot of people on you know twitter and even myself i've caught myself catching myself doing this um you know seeing numbers from sunny gray and lance lynn and you're like they just could not handle the new york the, the new york lights they could not they could not handle being a yankee and it's frustrating to see them do well now obviously pitching is definitely a question who is somebody that is an obtainable acquisition this trade deadline i i think mike clevenger is I don't think Bauer is. So, like, I, I love Bauer. Uh, do you guys know Bauer's whole thing with his uh, contracts? No. He'll never sign a multi-year contract. He said, once I'm a free agent, I'm only going year to year. Because when he was younger, he bet his buddies that if he ever signed a multi-year deal, they could shoot him in the dick with a paintball gun. But if he <laughs> makes it through his career without doing it, he gets to shoot them in the dick. And he's crazy enough that that's what he's going to do. Uh, and also him and Cole hate each other. Yeah. Um, so I don't, think, I don't think that's the piece. 
I think we're going to end up with like some middle of the road starter because honestly, right now we just need a middle of the road starter. We just don't have arms, and that's how we ended up with like Lance Lynn a couple of years ago, stinking. Uh, but you know, when you see like Lance Lynn pitching well, when you see Sonny Gray, the Sonny Gray hurts, and I don't think it was he couldn't handle New York. I don't know if you guys listen to R two C two at all, yeah. um, but he talked about in spring training when they had him on. How like he came to New York and was just asking for access to video and just stuff they didn't have. Like you know he he's similar to Bauer in the way of like he's just approaching the game at a different level. Cole does that too. That's why Matt Blake. I think if Sonny Gray came and we had Matt Blake there, it's a totally different story. Larry Rothschild just like I don't like your changeup. Don't throw it. I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, and I mean we're we're very thankful for Matt Blake too, and like. Just the way Garrett Cole approaches the game, uh, watching his just press conferences and just how he talks about baseball, it just it's a, it's so admirable. And then you see the rest of the rotation, you're like, "Fuck! Like, what is going on?" And it also brings to the point where like Aaron Boone, like, how is he managing the roster and you know the pitching because Tanaka was throwing a decent game, and they're you know saying that he was just out of gas was he had no more gas in the tank was just like we, we could have won that game. 66, yeah, it's 66 pitches. pitches. He gives up three hits. I think he walked a couple of guys and struck out a bunch. It's like, the hell? What, who looks at that stat line and says, yeah, sure, let's pull him for Chad Green, who hasn't pitched in 10 days? Well, if he says, like, hey, I don't have it, like, I've got nothing left, you got to take him. But then it's just like, all right, well, like, do we even look to resign you? Because, yeah. you know, we spent the first half of this huge contract where, you know, you'd have a tired arm and you have to miss a couple starts a year. And now at the later end of it, at 66 pitches, uh, you know, the tank's running a little low. You had an extra long offseason. You went home to Japan. Is it because it, of the concussion? No, I think it's just – I think there's a case of pussy going around in that clubhouse. These, these guys are all soft as baby shit. It's a thing I keep going back to. In 2001, Paul O'Neill was 38 years old, could hardly walk, his hamstrings hanging off his body – and he played 138 games. But these guys were like, ah, my, you know, my calf tightened up a little bit. I don't know, rub on it, spit on it, and then get out there and play. You know, these guys – and I hate – I sound like an old man, I know. But like a generation ago of baseball players would like be hardly walking around the clubhouse. But then they get out there on the field, you have no idea what was wrong with them because they're just going out there and playing and doing their job. Where now it's just like – and it's a, there's something going on with the Yankees because it is always a lower body, calf, hamstring, calf, hamstring. And then it's like, ooh, Glaber threw in a quad. Change it up a little bit. Yeah. So you made a good point about the middle of the road starters as we kind of start to wrap up and look to the future here. Um, they've talked to uh, the San Francisco Giants about Kevin Gosman too. Do we like that? Cause I'm starting to kind of buy into it. Um, it seems like it's very low risk and why not? You throw them in the three, four hole. I think it could be a good fit. Yeah. I mean, you're at this point because of one, how bad half is two, having no idea what we have in Paxton. And then three, just not knowing what this season has because we're playing five games this weekend and we don't have our top two pitchers because they had to play in a doubleheader on, you know, on Wednesday that you just don't know what's coming in the future. So you just need extra, you need arms, you need guys who can go out there and play. And if you end up 
cutting some guys from the, you know, from the roster on the, um, you know, in Scranton and, you know, sending them home, however those rules work so that you can have, you know, a Kevin Gosman around who's at least going to go out there and give you some innings. You just, you have to do it. And it's, you know, it's a shitty situation to be in to be like, yeah, I guess Kevin Gosman's the solution. You want to think that we'd have no problems. Um, but, you know, you got, you know, if you look to the future, I'm like, I still think we can win this year because you get hot at the right time, you know, whatever. Uh, but if you look to the future, we do have, we have Cole, we have Seve coming back at some point, hopefully fine, because he'd be the next one that's just like, I mean, we already signed him to the contract, but this guy, you know, once it hits October 1st, he turns into Zach Granke of old, just like I only signed to play till September. And, um, I mean, we're going to get the wife beater back. I mean, Domingo Herman is still under control. If you can still pitch and you just don't hit any more women, we'll forgive you. You're at, you might be asking too much of him, though. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a possibility. But, like, the reality is, as long as he's just like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, and then he doesn't do it again, strike a bunch of people out, we'll move on from it. Yeah. yeah, and we also have those guys waiting in the wings: Clark Schmidt, Debbie Garcia, Mike King's uh, showing some promise here. Pride of Rhode Island, Mike King, yeah. and so and that becomes a thing. So now, like I think we want to resign Tanaka because it's just a good business decision with like the Japanese market. So now, if you've got Cole, Sevy, Tanaka, and then you've got Schmidt, you've got Herman, you've got King, you've got Garcia. Like we have too many pitchers. Yeah, can move someone or two of them for maybe a better pitcher. Yeah, or maybe an outfielder who can stay healthy. Or yeah, or a be- exactly. Or I was just going to say a bat. Maybe <laughs> you know, I don't want to go down this road because we a could spend catcher. another hour on it. But a catcher, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's for another day. But. Yeah, no, I mean it, that's going to be the next, you know, the yeah. next big issue. Well, yeah, and then uh, you know, as I guess as a kind of a final point here, just ra- rattling things off at this point, but. Sanchez too. I mean, we, I wrote a couple of weeks ago that we can't give up on him yet. Cause we'll be in this awkward holding period, I guess, you know, between who the hell is going to catch. So yeah. I think we just have to ride him out and see what, you know, if he gets better, great. If not, you know, a couple of years we'll move on. Yeah. I, I think he's the one that you just ride it out and maybe you ride it into the ground with. Um, and then, you know, he makes a business decision for his family to, you know, go somewhere else. Because, like you said, I mean, you said it was like judging labor. It used to be judging Sanchez. Like, you have to make a decision on someone. And I think yeah. everybody agrees that it's not Sanchez. Because there's just, you know, there's injury issues. There's consistency issues, uh, you know, both offensively and defensively. So, yeah, I mean, but for right now, it's like, well, we're going to have fucking Hickey be our starting catcher. No, yeah, he can't. Or Eric Kratz. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, all right, that uh, that's pretty much it. So, Jack joking and JJ from the Bronx. Uh, JJ, if you want to plug your social handles, your podcasts, or anything that our listeners can uh, engage with you on, now's your time, yeah. man. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. Uh, I have a podcast comes out every Wednesday, George's Box. Uh, you know, Susan Waldman, George's Box. And the other thing that I'm heavily involved with is animal donation. Um, I made news back in December. I rescued a dog that came into my house uh, and the internet ran wild with it, gave us $42,000 for the dog's injuries. Wow. Uh, we've used some of that money to take care of injuries, but we're giving the rest away. Uh, you can go to her Instagram at Susan 
S-U-Z-Y-N Puppman, P-U-P-M-A-N, like Susan Waldman, and now I'm pen pals with Susan Waldman. Um, if you adopt an animal and fill out the form that we have at SusanPuppman.com, I'll give you $100 to help offset some of the costs of uh, your adoption. Adopt, don't shop. Beautiful. Awesome. JJ, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. And that was just JJ from the Bronx. Obviously a very hot take in the Yankees news, but he also made up a lot of great points and you can definitely tell he has put a lot of thought in this. I agree with him in some, I disagree with others, but it was a great conversation. We're happy to have him on board. Yeah. And I can't for the life of me get over just the point that I brought up to him about how do you, with a guy that the front office has invested so much in and Aaron judge, how do you just say goodbye? Right. How do you like, okay, let's hold the door open for you. So I, I understand where he's coming from. And I, I hate to say I agree with him in more ways than one on the yes trade Aaron judge um, for whatever we can get, but that opens up a big can of worms. Like we talked about, who's the return going to be, you know, who, who's going to get pissed. Who's going to be happy, right? Who in the Yankees management is going to staunchly oppose it and who's going to hold the door open for judge on the way out. So I don't think it would happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't, but I understand that he has a very well thought out argument. Yeah. And I'm just refreshing Twitter right now to see if there's any, trades going on but it is quiet it's yeah this is bad radio but i mean we we've got to we've got to do the due diligence here folks so we don't drop this and wake up and be like oh shit like cody bellinger's on the fucking orioles that'd be wild <laughs> i mean for some reason um nolan arnado's name is trending Oh my God. That's what I'm seeing at boy at, at uh, the boys. One sixty first street, our friends um, over there. Imagine if we just woke up to Arenado being a Yankee. Imagine if that was the case. That'd be oh, wild. Yeah. That's not going to happen though. No. There's no shot, but Cashman is going to be up taking calls all night. Everybody uh, in the MLB is certainly got a long night ahead of him with one of the weird, most weird and um, just bizarre times for a trade deadline this is unprecedented of course so we don't know how it's going to end up and we'll probably have some thoughts on it later this week too on you know wins losses all that good stuff but um that is pretty much our show do you have anything for positivity quarter will i do so we have a affectionate dog Golden Retriever is bringing much joy to firefighters battling California blaze. Uh, Keredith is a two-year-old dog who loves trail running, beach exploring, and also helping these firefighters. So they are in Marion County in Northern California, where there's a lot of uh, Woodward fires that are taking place, and the country is currently blazing, and hundreds of firefighters are obviously uh, handling the situation. But uh, Kareth is boosting morale during the crew's morning briefings. Uh, she's bringing a sense of playfulness, even though they're going to have a talenting day ahead, and just overall being a great support dog to the frontline workers that are uh, battling those California fires. So we love a good boy or good girl. 
uh, good boy alert. And we're happy that this dog can bring in joy to people that are handling some serious stuff right now. We saw so many dogs in New York this weekend that this makes me very happy. I, <laughs> I think start to finish, I probably pet like 15 dogs <laughs> this weekend. So that that's very good. I love that. Um, and it's a dog helping out in the fires too. Can't get much better than that. So again, the reason we do this, there's still good left folks. There's good stuff going on in the world somewhere. That's our show. Thank you. Uh, if you have not followed us on Spotify, turn those notifications on, folks. Get us going. Start your week off right. We haven't been very consistent getting the time down um, on Monday releases. That's because we've had a lot of guests. Um, you know, we've had to move around, work around their schedules, which we're always happy to do. 20 full episodes down the hatch. Thank you so much for your support, everybody. Uh, you know where to find us on social. We've got the blog cooking. We've got some new writers that we're ready to share with you at some point as soon as they, you know, cross the uh, cross the T's, dot the I's on their intro posts and all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you're following Boston Beers. Uh, our friend Ryan Denzen, who, of course, is doing some great work for us. Frosty Boy Fridays, last one coming out with Matt Coat of Aeronaut Brewing Company among many others. Uh, check him out. That's Boston Beers. Uh, I think it's Boston underscore beers on Instagram. That would be bad if I didn't plug it correctly. Um, that, that's it. That, that's all we've got. Did, what did we forget? I don't think oh, we man. forgot anything. Let's hope that the Yankees get some reinforcements, that the stocks keep going up, and we continue to have more great guests on the show. That's all we can ask for. That's Will. And I'm Jake. So long, folks. Take it easy. Mm -hmm.